This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Investor Mindset. I am Jazz. Just finished up a great interview with Andrew Campbell of Wildhorn Capital, and he is an incredible guy. Uh, really cool story. He's you know owns over seventeen hundred units. He's been a direct investor. Now he's a syndicator. He's doing a lot of really cool things. But a couple key points that I love from this interview was this whole idea of creating a life by design. And he has done everything in his business so that he can spend more time with his family and really go after the things that are so important. And I know as so many of us real estate investors, we get pulled in to this shiny object syndrome. We get pulled in to going after something that is different from what we actually got into the game for. And so I really appreciate this concept and we kind of dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, and there's this other big thing about making a transition. And you know, he was in the corporate world for a while and he started looking at, well, what am I really good at? You know, what am I really good at today and how can I apply that? in this next step of my life. I think that's applicable to everybody, regardless of where you're at. You really want to get key in, in touch with this. Um, so anyways, great interview. Excited for you guys to listen. Uh, before I jump into it, as always, please make sure you drop a subscribe. If you are uh, if you love what you do, you know, throw us a review. A, a nice one would be awesome. You know, write something up. Uh, helps us reach more people. And then, of course, I want to let you guys know that we've got this incredible summit, the Investor Mindset Summit, and we've got 16 incredible speakers. You guys have heard me talk about this. It's an all online event. That way, everybody that is listening can participate in it. And uh, I want to make sure you go. I want to make sure that you're there. So head to InvestorMindsetSummit.com and uh, make sure you register. It's going to be a super fun event. We've got incredible speakers like Kathy Fetke, Adam Adams, Rod Khalif, Trevor McGregor, Mike Hambright, Don Costa, Bill Allen, Whitney Sewell, Dan Hanford, and believe me, there's so many more. tons of folks that you've already heard on the podcast, but we're going to go deep, deep into some of the tactical things that you can start applying in your business today. And we're going to lay those down on a foundation of the way you think about it, the mindset, the beliefs and thoughts you need to be able to execute those actions. It's going to be a lot of fun, all online event, digital. You can show up from anywhere and uh, you can participate in the conversation in our community. So Look forward to seeing you there. Make sure uh, you head to InvestorMindsetSummit.com and, uh, and check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am excited today. I have Andrew Campbell in the studio. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing great. How are you? That is good to hear. I am doing fantastic myself. Andrew is a real estate investor and entrepreneur who's broke into the uh, real estate investing space from an active perspective after first becoming a passive investor back in 2009. Since then, he's grown his personal portfolio before moving on to much larger multifamily buildings. And today, his company, Wildhorn Capital, controls over $175 million, over 1,700 units in his portfolio in Texas. And obviously, he's done a lot. So I'm really excited to kind of hear a little bit about how he thinks about success and how he's 
kind of gone and done what some other people are maybe afraid to do. So you ready to get into things, Andrew? Absolutely. Looking forward to the conversation. All right. All right. So let's start out by taking a look back at an earlier time in your life. What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Um, yeah, I think growing up, I was like probably most people, you know, my dad was my hero and, you know, kind of wanted to grow up and be like him. And, and, you know, he would, we had a great, great life growing up. He, he worked a lot and was kind of a CFO. Um, so I, I wanted to emulate that and kind of provide that same life and lifestyle for, for my family. Um, I guess, you know, he had some health issues and had a, a big stroke when, uh, he was 57, which was in 2007. Um, and that really changed things for me and kind of launched me down the, the path of real estate and entrepreneurship um, because I saw that, you know, I didn't want to repeat um, kind of what had happened with, with him. He had a high stressful job. And I think some of that contributed to, to some of his, his issues. Uh, but I also more than that yeah. wanted to find a way, really needed to find a way to create some passive income. You know, when, when, when he got sick, um, I ended up quitting my job. I was working a corporate job and, and living out of state. I moved home to kind of take care of him and, and just realized that I needed to have passive income. I needed to take ownership of my time. Um, and so I think that influence and sort of growing up with, you know, wanting to sort of be like him and then getting slapped across the face uh, that, hey, th- th- this path is maybe going to change for you uh, is really what launched me uh, down a different path and led me to, to today. Wow. That's so, it's so interesting. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. That's, that's definitely something that's challenging, but it's those moments that really define who we are and they really can completely change, change our path. So it sounds like you're headed down the corporate path. And so what about this instance said, I'm going to do something different versus just continuing down the path of security that you're already on? You know, I think some of it was necessity and some of it was, was want, um, you know, I think the necessity of, Hey, he, he's going to have long-term issues and challenges and I want to be able to help, you know, take care of him and, and, and provide for him and have the time to, to be flexible. Uh, but also, you know, for me, I was 27 when that happened and definitely was on the corporate track, uh, you know, gotten several promotions, was doing really well, um, I gave all that up in essence to sort of come help take care of him and, and realize that, okay, I've got to, I've got to make some changes here. If I'm not working, I've got no income. Um, you know, I was living out of state. I had moved home back to Austin, you know, sold my house and just really it was sort of a reset moment for me. That was, okay, this whole path and sort of life that I've been trying to build is now sort of turned upside and down. Um, you need to go, you can go create something new. Yeah. So it's like you got to that place where the, you didn't really, you had other options, but you really couldn't keep going down the same path that you were on if you were going to be there for your family, right. which it sounds like is something that was important to you. It was like a no brainer. You had to yep. do it. So talk to me a, l- a little bit about kind of what it is that you are doing today. And then we'll kind of get into a little bit of the journey and the sure. mindset that you went as you were kind of building that up. Sure. Uh, well, I, you know, I think what I'm doing today is, is living on my terms, um, you know, and we've built a, a business around you know, flexibility with, with our time. You know, my, my business partner and I are both very aligned and clear on we want, you know, the, the ability to be there for our families, you know, to kind of have a flexible schedule, make our own, make our own schedule. Um, you know, we're managing multifamily assets. We got about a 1700 unit portfolio. Um, so that's it, it's definitely a full time job. But it's, it's something that we both um, have kind of grown into and, and, and love that business. And we can talk you know, as much as you want about that business. But it, it's, it's building that business has allowed us to 
you know, live, live on our terms. I mean, I'm, I'm coming to you from a, a studio office that we built in our backyard that allows me to be at home with, with our kids, but still have a separate space, you know, where I, I do have sort of, this is my workspace and daddy's working, you know, don't, don't bother him, but I'm still right here. You know, I can see that, see them play in the backyard and you know, that, that type of stuff is, it's really important to me. So I think that's, it's, we've been able to kind of build that around the, the multifamily business. It's incredible and it's expiring. And I know so many of our listeners, that's really what people want. I've been interviewing a lot of investors that are just coming up and understanding what it is that they're looking for. And there's this consistent thing that everyone wants and they want to spend more time with their family. They want to live life on their terms. They want to reduce or eliminate that financial anxiety. It sounds like you've, you've done that, but you know, why did you believe that you could go and do this um, after really just you know, working the corporate route for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't have any intention of really doing this, you know, I mean, if my go back to sort of the beginning of, you know, after my dad got sick, I had a, a mentor and you know, a family friend that was a, a realtor in town and he had like five or six, maybe 10 duplexes. Um, he gave me Gary Keller's real estate, mil, uh, millionaire real estate investor, started reading that, uh, you know, read rich dad, poor dad kind of launched me down the path of, all right, I'm gonna go get some rental properties and, um, you know, bought a few, we, I think the first year we bought three properties. We kind of really fell in love with that business, started scaling that, you know, we were buying in Austin at a, at a really good time, like 2010, 11, 12. So I mean, literally some of these things were doubling in value in a year, 18 months. Um, but just, you know, building out that portfolio, the plan was, Hey, I'm going to go build out a portfolio of passive cash flow off, you know, duplexes, fourplexes, and, and, you know, have all the time in the world. And, I think the further I got into that business, the more I realized that I just had a real passion for real estate. <clears throat> I had a passion for scaling something and building something. Um, and that actually the, the bigger properties were a lot more efficient uh, and easier to run and manage. And, and that I wanted to share this story and this opportunity with, with my friends. And kind of that's how it started out where we got into the, the syndication space. That's so cool. That's so cool. So when you were kind of just coming up and you were kind of getting started, it sounds like, I mean, first off, your timing was yep. fantastic. Um, you couldn't have you couldn't have had a better time to start. But when you were getting started and and you were thinking to yourself, like what what were some of the challenges that you faced when you were kind of you didn't really know what you were doing yet, and how did you deal with those? I think you just you just you know we had made a commitment we were going to go start buying property after a year of talking with my buddy reading these books like okay it's, we're just going to go do that and and I you know very vividly remember the first fourplex we bought pulling up to it after we closed on it not having a clue what we were doing and sort of pulling up feeling anxiety like t- scared I've got to go talk to these people who are now our our tenants and give them a letter here's my new it's, this is how you're going to pay rent now and I'm your new landlord and I mean I don't have a clue what I was doing. Uh, you know, I just kind of trusted that, Hey, we're going to start taking the action. I've got a mentor that, that can help me through the process. Um, we just sort of figured it out and, and over, you realize once you get into it, it's, it's not that complicated. I joke with my friends now, I mean, real estate is not, it's a pretty simple business, particularly the, the, the value add you're buying an existing asset, whether it's, you know, a single family house or a 350 unit apartment, it exists today. People, people show up, they pay rent. You know, you collect the rent, you make it a nice place to live. It it, it works. Um, it's not complicated, but it can be intimidating if, if you haven't taken the time to learn the business. If you haven't just started taking the action to, to cut your teeth, you know, start learn by doing. It's simple, but it's not always Correct. easy. Um, but it's one of those businesses where it is. So a couple of big takeaways for the listeners I want to underline here. 
that you had a, a clear purpose on why you were going to do this, right? You had a clear purpose. You realized that the way that your dad was living that you were really driving towards was not going to serve you the way that you thought it might, right? You wanted to be close to family. So for everyone that is listening, figure out what that purpose is, right? We all think about the what, I want to be rich. I want to have a lot of money. But think about the why and what's below the why. Because if we peeled a few layers back, I'm sure there's some emotional drivers there that really helped propel you forward when you were dealing with challenges. But the second big thing, the big idea I want to underline is this whole idea of mentors. So you you had trust that you were going to go in the right direction because you had somebody else who was there who were was pointing you saying, hey, go and do this. This is what's worked for me or this is what's worked for other people. And you started taking action, right? The third piece. And you knew that you'd figure it out. And so it really does start to pay off when you start building that momentum by figuring out first what you want and why you want it. But then, of course, finding other people who have done it so that you're not cutting your path through the forest on your own. You're taking a path that's already there. I think that's a really big, big point. So talk to me, you know, at this point, your 1,700 plus units, I mean, you've, you've grown your portfolio to really an amazing level. Kudos to you. Talk to me about what is one of the biggest challenges in your life today? Uh, I think right now it's, it's keeping that balance, you know, keeping that perspective, staying present and, and sort of realizing the reason that we were getting into this business um, and you know, realizing that I've, I've got an office at home so that I can be around, you know, for our kids. I mean, it's, it's definitely, we're busy, you know, it's, it's more than full time. Um, and, and, and we love it and we like, you know, underwriting new deals and building relationships and everything that goes into that, but, uh, not losing sight of the fact that, Hey, you know, at, at six o'clock when you shut it down, you're, you, you know, walk inside to have dinner with the family like, okay, turn off your brain and, and, and be present. And that's, I, I think it's sometimes I, I kind of wish I had a little bit of a commute home that had a little bit of decompressed time. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll do a quick you know walk around the block or something if it's not in the middle of the of the Texas summer. But uh, that, that's probably the biggest thing where I'm uh-huh. you know continuously wanting to be a that balanced person you know and kind of both a, a, a father and a husband and a, a personal life and mixed with you know trying to build and continue to grow the the, the business that we've created. It's so easy, right? Especially when you're growing and other people are looking up to you because of your growth. And I know within the Texas community in particular, like you guys are done some pretty incredible things. I'm looking at your experience and I'm thinking, well, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. And it's, there's a lot of pressure to keep that growth going because it's kind of like a little bit of an addiction to keep kind of getting more and more and more. Like, how do you actually, how do you keep that in perspective? How do you keep aligned to your original goal of being able to spend more time with family when there's also this kind of carrot that's hanging out there saying, hey, you can just do another deal? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's checking in with, with your goals, um, you know, and that's something that my, that my business partner and I do regularly. He's actually coming in today and, and we've got Friday carved out just to sort of do an offside of goal setting and strategizing about, you know, the next year, the next three years, how do we want to, how do we want to continue to grow? Uh, and also something I do with, with my wife, um, you know, where we've got, we've got annual goals and there, you know, work is one component of them, but we've got, you know, goals as, as a couple goals, as a family, you know, goals as a father with health, like all those things. So just, I think checking in with those and, and, you know, being called out, um, when, when you're not, living up to one of those or you're struggling with, you know, one facet. And I mean, there's always an area that's, that's dipping behind the others. Um, and it's not always work. I mean, I don't, I don't know that we do feel a, a bunch of pressure necessarily to keep growing. 
Um, but we do enjoy what we're doing and, you know, want to continue to buy deals when they make sense. Um, and so that, that, that piece does take a lot of time, but just checking in with, with the goals and the people that are important to you and having them hold you accountable. Yeah, that's some really good advice. So if someone was going to get started, um, and you're going to recommend what to do and how to think about this, to get into this business, to get started doing what you're doing, if they wanted to follow your path and become you in seven to 10 years, what would you tell them? What would you say that they should start doing or the way that they should start thinking about this business? I mean, it's, it's a tough question. And I, you know, people always ask you know, the other question is like, would you, would you, what would you change about your past? And, and, you know, was there anything you would, would update? And I think I always, you know, my path, my experiences have led me to this place. Do I wish my dad never got sick? Sure. Uh, of course I do. Um, but if he wouldn't have gotten sick, I wouldn't have gotten launched down this path. Uh, I, th- I think for other people wanting to get started, it's, it's really figuring out what are the things you enjoy and you like doing. I think you're always going to fall back on, on those experiences and kind of what your background is. Uh, in my example, in my case, I went to, I've got an advertising undergraduate degree. I'm a marketing guy kind of by trade. And, and then I've got an MBA. My business partner is a structural engineer. Um, you know, he falls back on sticks and bricks and, you know, kind of financial underwriting because that's, that's what he's comfortable with. I'm always falling back on, you know, marketing and, and thinking about how we're going to, you know, market deals, mark, make these communities better. So what are the pieces that you're good at today? And then figuring out how do those plug in? What skill set does that apply towards, you know, in real estate? Whether, again, whether that's a, a single family, a duplex or, or a large, you know, multifamily deal. What are things you're good at and that you enjoy yeah. doing? Because you're always going to show up best in those areas. If I was trying to be a full-time underwriter, I'd be miserable at it because I'm not, I'm not detail-oriented. That, that's, it's such a good point, right? Finding the right people in your life to kind of uh, augment your skill set so that they can be focused on what they're the best at and you can be focused on what you're the best at. And that goes to, that's such a point of, I, I think, going back to keeping focused and, and you know, having the sort of living your best life. Like if you enjoy what you're doing, you're going to be a better person. You know, if you're banging your head up against the wall and you hate your corporate job or, you, you know, if, again, if I was underwriting deals all day or if I was, you know, having a deal with putting in draw requests to the bank, I wouldn't be a miserable person. Um, you know, my business partner loves that stuff. He's detail oriented. He's on top of it. So it's, it's a fantastic relationship because he's doing the stuff that he is good at and, you know, he's detail oriented and, and I'm not. So he kind of handles that stuff and, and, you know, capital raising some that stresses him out and, and I handle that piece. So it, it, it works, leverages our strengths. Um, and I think you've got to find, do the things that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Absolutely. On, on, a, on a similar note, how would, how would you recommend thinking about going and finding a partner or somebody like that? So obviously, we want somebody to augment our strengths. Um, but what else do you look for? And because obviously, you've built a great partnership, and you've been in it for a little while. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think in our case, some of it was, was, was dumb luck, um, you know, if you believe in luck, but we were both out in similar spaces, looking to grow our businesses, uh, met at a conference, you know, so we had made the commitment to go to conferences to, to network. And, uh, you know, through interviews like this, you can meet people um, and just be open to creating those relationships. And then I, I joke with, he and I joke a lot and joke with other people. It's almost like a dating, you know, type relationship. You get to get to know somebody and, and you're dating and you, you, you try to 
you know, talk about deals, maybe look at doing a deal, but you don't quite have a, a partnership yet. And, you know, our first few deals, we were definitely dating. We had separate entities and different ownership structure. And then, you know, three, four deals in, we realized, hey, this is going pretty well. Uh, you know, we're not fighting. We get along. We're aligned on goals. You know, the relationship's on good good ground. And then we created a sort of a joint entity at that point. So I think you, you, you take it slow. You don't, uh, don't force it. And, you know, just kind of be open, transparent, what you're looking for, what your skill sets are, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build, and you know, have those conversations. See if you find somebody that has that sort of mesh point of similar in mindset, what they want to build, but with that complementary skill set. Such a good point. I feel like a lot of times, especially talking with new investors, and heck, I'm a driver type personality. I'm the one who's also trying to go get things done as quick as possible. It can be really easy to want to rush the relationship, but realistically, that that path of of trying it before you buy it, you know, before you're married into a into a a, a partnership together uh, that is in the same entity with the same vision and goals and branding and you know really building something like that together. Maybe you go on a couple dates, try a couple properties together, see if you actually like the same thing, and heck, make sure that your values are aligned because that at the end of the day is what's going to come down. If he's a grinder and wants to work a hundred hours a week, and you're not because you want to spend time with the family, there might be some animosity at some point when he's trying to reach for like beyond the stars and maybe I don't want to do that. And so that can be, it can be a really big takeaway for sure. A hundred percent. And I think understanding your, your long-term goals in, in talking to that potential partner is, is a key piece of that. I mean, we had an example a couple of weeks ago, he was in town and, and we, we sat down with a a potential big equity partner. And they asked us both, I was like, well, do y'all want to get to 20,000 units? You know, we could take you to 20,000 units. And we kind of looked at each other and we said, no, we don't, you know, that, that's not the goal. Uh, <laughs> our goal, we're, we're both very yeah. clear and aligned on kind of what that goal is. And it's, you know, it's 3,500 units max when you kind of buy three, four deals a year, sell three, four deals a year and stay in that space where we feel like we can manage that without having an office floor downtown with 50 employees and an HR department and, you know, all of the stuff that we are both very aligned that we don't want. Um, so it's that, that that's yeah. a huge piece. I think you're right. It's what, what are you trying to accomplish and, and then finding someone who's got that similar alignment of, of values. Yeah, absolutely. So tell, tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about why you've succeeded um, when so many others in, in our industry haven't, when they, you know, haven't taken the action, they haven't done the work, like what made you guys be able to come through and, you know, buy 1700 units and, and manage it. And you, obviously you're living a good life. I, th- I think we're, we're showing up every single day. You know, we do the work every day. It's, it's something that, that we definitely both, I think saw early in, with each other in the dating process of like, Hey, this guy's working as hard as I am. He's committed as much as I am. You know, we're, we're not, we're not just kicking the tires. We're not talking about it. We're actually doing it. You know, we were, we were, had both taken those action steps and we continue to do those. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're at it every single day. Um, and, and at it for me means we're building relationships. I think that's obviously to, to, to scale the rate we have and you do the type of deals we've, we're doing. We've got really good relationships with good partners. We've got good equity sources, you know, the brokers know and trust and like us. Um, so we, we've been able to build those relationships, uh, because we're, we're doing it every single day. You know, I've got a goal of meeting five new people a week. Um, and that just comes down to, you know, putting ourselves out there, reaching out, following up with people. Um, you know, that sort of starts to to, to snowball. You mentioned the momentum piece. 
uh, you get that momentum and it, it, it carries you to the, through the next deal and carries you forward. So I think it's, it's just not as any secret recipe. It's just been, we're, we're at it, you know, every, every day and, 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 you know, probably some weeks way too much, way more than full time, you know, 80 hour weeks if you need to, but uh, you kind of find the balance and, and uh, you find the weeks when you can do a little bit less than that. Yeah. Well, it's worth, it's worth doing the work, especially when you love the work, right? Yeah. Like when, when you're doing the work and it's something that you enjoy, uh, who cares if you put in a little extra time, as long as, you know, the other weeks you're still spending time on the things that are important to you, in your case, your family. What, what advice would you give to somebody or what strategies have worked for you in regards to staying consistent? Because that's one of the big challenges that a lot of, you know, new investors and heck, very experienced investors have is, you know, they might be able to start grinding for a while, but it's hard for them to keep consistent, whether that's consistent income or consistent action. I think it comes back to, do you love it uh, is, is the first question or do you love the idea of it? You know, and I think we, we both really love it. You know, there's nothing, I, I don't want to make bank draws. You know, I don't like that piece of it, but I love this business and I love the pieces that I'm responsible for. I love walking new deals because it gets my creative juices going. It helps me learn the market. You know, I can since sit back and look at the, you know, the oak trees and how are we going to rebrand this? Like I get energy from walking property. So I'll go tour deals that we have no interest in buying because it's going to be fun. I'm going to learn something. I'm also going to get some FaceTime with brokers. Um, so I think that that's really important. You know, do you actually love what you're doing? Because there's, there's a lot of components of, of the business and of you know, managing these deals and the, the the renovations and the asset management, the investor communications, et cetera, et cetera, that uh, you got to really love it because it's it's a full time gig. And and I think that's maybe something else that see a lot of people trying to to do this while they're you know got another job and they're managing their family and they've got all these other responsibilities. I think it's incredibly difficult to do part time for an extended period. You know, not that you couldn't do it, but to your point, to keep that momentum going and to stay about it every single day. Uh, I think, you know, it would be challenging. Yeah. So getting to that point where you can really put everything that you have into it and really be able to deliver fully into the role because it's something that, you know, you really have to, to be able to grow the way that you, you have, it has to become something full-time and for sure people are able to make it a part-time thing, but to keep that consistent, yeah. you got to be able to put the time into it if it matters. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you define success and what is success to you? I, I think at the end of the day, it's are we living up to the to the goals that we've set? You know, again, not just looking at a a number financially. You know, how many deals have we done, or how much income have we made? It's you know, are we? How is my health goals? You know, have I did I coach each one of my kids in a sports team? You know, which is one of my goals as a dad. Like it's checking in across the whole spectrum of what we're trying to accomplish and really live, you know, we talk a lot about like living a life by design. Um, am I, am I doing that? You know, am I really taking advantage of the flexibility that, that I can have, that I can create, you know, am I getting to school once a month to have lunch with my kids to go pop popcorn at their, you know, for the fundraiser, little things that are important to me that I want to be able to do. Um, and am I, am I doing those as much as I am working and grinding out for the next deal? Yeah. Do you feel like you're uh, you're on that success journey? I'm on the journey. You know, I'm, I'm doing better that on some de- some elements than others. Uh, so it, it it kind of ebbs and flows. 
Hey, you know, so many of us uh, achievers, that's the feeling that we end up having is, you know, it's we're on the journey, we're just making strides towards it. So tell us, what are some of the habits, some of the keystone habits, the things you do on a daily or weekly basis that you think really play into your success and living a good life? So on a weekly basis, every Sunday, I sit down and plan out my week. Um, so I, I look at my calendar, you know, sit down, and talk to my wife. What do we have going on as a family? What are the kids' activities? Uh, and I look at my work calendar and I'm sort of, I just get a, a sheet of notebook paper and write out, you know, my priorities for the week. And then each day, what are the things that I need to go get done? Uh, and I think that really helps center my week and it, it aligns, you know, then I don't let things come in and, and, and pop up last minute. You know, and say, oh, there's a fire drill, you know, well, or if somebody wants to go grab a, a lunch, well, this week's full, you know, let's talk about next week because I've, I've kind of got a really good idea of what this week looks like. And, and that, that's not just a work week. That's sort of the whole week, you know, and so I'm looking at Sunday, what's my r- workout schedule and routine going to be this week? When am I going to get to the gym? You know, is it a 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning or uh, am I going to go at 9 a.m. after I, you know, put the kids on the bus uh, on a certain day? So it's, it's really looking at the totality of, you know, what we've got within our life. It's both work and personal life oriented and, and spending time thinking through that and planning that out each week. Uh, which, which I think is something I do every single Sunday, and it's been a, a keystone of or key pillar of keeping sort of my life in order. That is such a big idea, and I really I encourage all the listeners if you're not currently spending at least one day of your week planning the most important items, I really encourage you to start now. Today is the perfect day to start doing that because when you're intentional about what you're planning to do and you actually stick to it, you end up getting a lot more done. Yep. And it's so satisfying to cross those things off as you get to Monday and say, okay, I got, you know, four of the five things done. The next one moves to Tuesday, but you know, I'm, I'm getting this stuff done. And, you know, I spend 30 minutes on a Sunday doing it. It's not, it's not a ton of time, but it's enough to give me that, that, that balance and perspective and and just the, the focus for this coming week. That's, I love that. That's awesome. So we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So tell us, what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now? Well, you know, I talked about Gary Keller's uh, Millionaire Real Estate Investor was sort of the first book uh, that, I, that I read to kind of get me down the, this path. So th- that was, you know, pretty key. Um, you know, like right now I'm reading uh, The Good Prophet from Chuck It's been a really interesting book about you know, how he views doing, you know, good profit. It's not just about the highest amount of profit, but like good for, for the world, good for the company, good for everything. So it's kind of an unusual source perhaps, but been a, been a really interesting read. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. So from an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors and how do you look at going out and finding mentors in your life? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mentioned the the mentor I had kind of kicking it off at the, this whole journey. You know, my he he we joke all the time. He said, "Well, real estate's like crack," and you know, he was sort of my crack dealer and got me into the game, and I started loving it. And uh, and now he he invests in our deals, and we we joke a lot. The sort of the roles have reversed, and I'm teaching him about the the, the merits of of larger deals and getting outside of your comfort zone and, and going bigger. Um, so he, he's still a, a kind of key figure in my life. Um, you know, about how do you find mentors? I think there's, you know, getting active in, in whatever space you're in. If it's real estate, there's plenty of people out there that are, you know, wanting to provide value that are putting out great content, things like your podcast here. I mean, uh, reaching out to those people, you know, most I've found one of the things that I love specific to real estate 
versus say corporate America is it it's it's a it's a giving business. Sure, there's there's people out there you're competing with, but I we I know you know most of the folks that we compete with, and we've got good relationships. And you know there's times where we'd say, hey, you want to partner on this deal, or you know, rather let us go bid it up and compete on it, uh, or I can talk and understand if they are competing. And it, it's not an industry that's like I'm going to try to cut your knees out for a nickel. You know, I'd rather talk to you and, and see uh-huh. if we can find a way to, to sort of be abundance oriented and, and create some value versus just strictly compete. And I, I think that's helpful as you start to reach out to people uh, but in, in this industry that it's not just a, I can't help you. I'm not going to talk to you. I don't want to create, you know, a competitor. Uh, you know, that's not been our experience at all. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely a giving industry, and and that's one of the that's one of the best parts about it is that people are so willing to share, and you know, just like you sharing some of your inspiration uh, with us today, definitely appreciate that, and I know people are growing because of it. So, on a final note, from a purpose perspective, what drives you to live your best life every day? Uh, we, we've talked a bunch about it today. You know, I think it's it's being around, being more available, uh, for my family, you know, having the flexibility we've got about to have our fourth kid in, uh, in like two months. Um, you know, that, that's, that's not something, frankly, I don't think I could do if we weren't living this life, you know, and if I wasn't available and had the flexibility to help get kids moved around and on schedule, if I was just gone from 7am to 7pm with a, with a corporate job. Um, so I think that that's really the, the, all the, focus I need, you know, all, all the, it's just be, being around for them, being able to, to just spend time with them and this little check-ins throughout the day, you know, getting that five minute download when they get off the school bus and then getting back out to finishing up your day. Uh, it's a great sort of daily reminder of why we're doing all this. Well, I love that. I love that. I, uh, I appreciate you sharing so much about yourself and your journey coming up to where you're at today, because I know that it's inspired me. I'm sure it's inspired others. Where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Um, I'm available. Uh, our company is Wildhorn Capital, which you mentioned. The, the website is uh, wildhorncap.com. And my email is just andrew at wildhorncap.com. Um, so feel free to shoot me an email. We, I think we've got Facebook and, and everything else as well. But uh, I'm happy to respond to emails and you know, love talking about this business and connecting with people. Great. Well, we will include all of that in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here, Andrew. And I look forward to the next time we get to hang out. What an incredible episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed putting it together. And I want to tell you about this incredible program that we're now releasing. We're putting it out live and I want you to be a part of it. If you happen to be a high-level real estate investor who's really pushing things to the next level, who want to get the most out of their business, they want to take consistent action on a regular basis and work from a place of clarity so you actually can end up at the outcome that you originally got into this game for. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I know when I got into real estate investing, I had planned on doing this so that I get passive cash flow. And I got distracted along the way. And I got distracted with things that were incredible and amazing. And I grew like crazy. But sometimes we got to get back to that core. What are we doing this for and why are we doing this? What I've put together and I've brought together an incredible mindset coach who has been doing this for years and years, has 25,000 hours, previously worked with the Tony Robbins organization and many others, and is going to be delivering and training us. He's agreed to do this in a small group setting. So I know a ton of people are going to be interested and there's very limited spots available. This is not false scarcity. We're only going to take 15 people for the first group. So please make sure you head over to the website, the investor mindset. Set.com slash action. 
So you can find out a little bit more and add your name to the wait list so that when we're ready to pull you in, we can start having that conversation and decide if you're a great fit. I know the power of this stuff. I've invested tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars in order to grow myself and my business to the next level. And that's exactly why I'm so grateful that we're gonna be bringing this out live and really making a big difference. So join us in this mini mastermind online, this program, and let's help do some incredible things together. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.